0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. This is the year of harvest, and harvest only comes by laborers. Laborers. The motive of my labor. Why do we labor? We've been speaking about it for two weeks. It's because I love, I love I love, I love people, I love God's people, and I love the world. For God so loved the world, not just the church, but the world. Many of you today were a part of the world. We're still living in the world and living of the world. But you have been translated out of that world, out of that kingdom. Come on, the Bible calls it the kingdom of darkness, and you've been translated into the kingdom of light. With our dear son, Jesus Christ. But guess what? There's thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in this very region that need the same gospel. And it's only gonna happen through the people of God. Life is not just about working a natural job, taking care of family, and living your life for yourself to get a whole bunch of money and have nice things. Life is more than that. Life is about giving your life to the Lord and complete surrender, crucifying your flesh, denying yourself, coming to the very end of yourself and saying, God, have your way in my life. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You can have the greatest accomplishments, the greatest accolades. People can know your name. You can have 20 million followers on Instagram, whatever it may be but still lose your soul. See, the goal is for today that God gets the glory. God gets the glory in my labor. God gets the glory in my love. God gets the glory in my relationship. God gets the glory in my marriage. God gets the glory in my job. God gets the glory everywhere I go. He gets the glory. He gets the glory. What is glory? Honor, praise, Reverence. Glory. The glory is his and his alone. Can I get an amen? But he doesn't get the glory when I allow idols to take that place. When I allow myself to worship things that are not him. Because idols are anything that you give your most time to rather than God. He wants you and he is jealous for his bride. I'm tell you right now my wife would not want me to be shared with any other person. And Jesus Christ is the same way. He does not want his church shared with any other person. He only wants you to be with him and him alone. But when we allow things to take that place, then our view of God gets distorted. And our view of God becomes dysfunctional. And we begin to live a life That is opposing God, but still trying to love God. And this is why we fail. This is why we mess up. This is why we constantly compromise. It's because there's idols in my life. It could be something very small. It could be pride. I pray that none of us ever get to a place where we think, I've served God long enough to know how church works, to know God. I've done everything I've done. I ran my race. I pray that we never get to that place where you feel like I'm done. I'm old in my age. It has nothing to do with physical age. It has everything to do with the very spirit that's in you. It never dies. (laughs) I'm a spirit man living in a body that has a soul. My body and soul, they don't govern my life. They don't govern our life. No, my spirit man does. It governs my whole life. That is the thing that is accelerating, that's slowing down everything. That's finding rest, that's having momentum. On my body, my soul, man, they'll lie to me. They'll take me on paths that will lead to idolization of the things of this world. They'll lead me to pass. that think there are things in this life that are better than God. There are things in this life that can satisfy me. But it's not true. Even Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes says that everything that he did was a bunch of smoke. He had everything. He lived in every possible way that you could live when it comes to natural satisfaction. And he said it was a bunch of smoke. It was nothing. It was vapor. Nothing. Let's learn from him so we don't live and compromise and miss out on what God wants to do in his body. Amen? He said, now, beloved, I'm out for men. It is my business to be out for men. It is my business to make every person hungry and completely dissatisfied. It is my business to make people either glad or mad. I have a message from heaven that I will not leave people as I find them. Listen to that. Something must happen after they are filled with God, the Holy Spirit. A man filled with the Holy Spirit is no longer an ordinary man. A man can be swept away by the power of God in the first stage of the revelation of Christ so that from that moment he will be an extraordinary man and not even recognize who he once was. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, he has to become a free body for God to dwell in and to use and to manifest himself through. God wants to manifest himself through you. Come on, listen today. So I appeal to you, you people who have received the Spirit of God, I appeal to you to let God have his way in you at whatever cost. Whatever cost. I appeal to you to keep moving on with God Increasing the realization in the realization of his, infinite, of his purpose in Christ Jesus for you until you are all filled with the fullness of God. To remain in a place with God where vision, life, purpose, and a knowing of his will comes to life in you. See. I've heard it said before that sometimes when I minister, it's intense or it's straight down the line. When I read this book from Smith-Fieldsworth called Ever-Increasing Faith, and I read this line, it says, I'm here to cause men to be dissatisfied with life. That really rang a bell in me. It really just within me is like, wow, that's, that's, there's no better way I can say it. That's my goal. It's to get you completely dissatisfied with anything natural, to have no love for anything of the world, to know that you're in the world, but you're not of the world, to not be governed by your physical senses, to not be governed by your soulish senses, the mind, will, and emotions, your five senses, no, to be completely dissatisfied, trusting in God, hungry, hungry, Full of desire, full of pursuit, and who he is, because when we get to that place, that's when the fullness. We get to the place of being in the fullness of God, where it's fully matured in us, where we are growing and increasing. John twelve, verse twenty five. There's something God wants to do right now in this. It says right here in verse. 25, whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me and where I am, there my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Father will honor him. Look at this. He's saying, if you love your life, Talking about naturally, the things of this world, you're going to lose it. It's going to take it. We saw that within the wilderness when Moses was getting the Ten Commandments and he was in the glory of God, that the people that just got set free and delivered, no longer in captivity, are going to the promised land. That should have been a three-day trip, ended up being 40 years. Why? Because of their complaining and their grumbling. They are worshiping an idol while Moses is worshiping God. They're down there worshiping a golden calf. Moses, unknowing of this, being in his glory, it says that even when he came out of the glory of God, that his face was veiled. They couldn't look upon him. What would happen if a church that would lose their life to this life, and would give their life to Christ, think about the glory of God that would be manifested in his church. Think about what God would do in his body, in his people, in a region, when they would turn to God. Even Moses, when he was on the backside of a mountain, and he was just a shepherd taking care of sheep, and he sees a bush on fire, it says that he turns to it, he faces it, See, this is how the church needs to be, a church that turns to God, that recognizes when God is working, when God is moving. Let me tell you, God is moving in this season of his church. But will the church recognize and turn to him? Will they see it? Will they be amazed and in awe and in reverence of who he is? Moses goes to this bush, and he's amazed, he's in awe, like, How is this thing not being consumed by a fire? It's still there, but there's a fire in the bush. And out of that bush, we know that God spoke. And he revealed himself to Moses as, I am. And he gave him instruction on what to do. To go deliver my people. See, we've been given instruction as a church. We've been given vision on what to do this year. It is to labor. It is to work. It is to serve God. It's to preach, to teach, to heal, to love, to pray. Where are you at right now within your life, within the second month of this year being done? Can you look back at the beginning of January and say, man, my life's drastically changed for Christ? Or can you say, it's the same it was six months ago? Nothing's changed. Still doing the same thing. We got to grow. Not for the sake of just us, but for the sake of the body, for the sake of this region. We are here in this region to see it know Christ. We are here in this region for so God's glory to be made manifest within His people. It's going to take us. Moses delivers the people through the mighty power of God. And now these people that were set free and delivered, guess what? They're worshiping an idol. Moses comes down, we know, in fury and rage. God's in anger too. And Moses pleading on behalf of the people saying, don't kill them. <laughs> don't kill them. But how interesting it is that for 40 years they went through what they went through. They were spiritually fed. There was water for them that came from a rock. There was manna for them. They were provided for in so many different ways, supernaturally. And only two of them, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came out of the wilderness. A whole generation died. As I was studying this story, God put it in my heart that there's been a generation that has died in this region because of complaining and grumbling. Because of not following him. And for years in this place, spiritually speaking, people have not moved away from the wilderness into the place where God's called them. But I also felt in my spirit that if we will turn our heart to him, if we will lay aside the complaining and the grumbling and the false idol worship and saying, God, you, you and you alone, I lose my life. For the sake of following you. I want to do your will. I want to do your purpose. I want to pursue after you, God. I want you to be made known. All his glory will fall. He will come and re- restore and refresh because of his people. See, there is a promised word that he's given us. But it happens through a heart and labor towards God. In John 12, it says this, whoever hates his life in this world, hates his life, will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. So in service to God, in my labor unto the Lord, in my humility unto God, it's going to take me following him. Following him. I don't know about you, but I made a decision in my heart about a year and a half ago, right before Pastor Brian asked me to lead the church that I'm not gonna make any more excuses of why I can't serve God with my whole heart. I'm not gonna make any more excuses. I know that route. I've done it years where I've made excuses and reasons why I can't do something. I'm only human. I had to get to a place and understanding where it was, I wanna know you. I don't wanna get out of your presence. And can I tell you that through a course of that year and where I'm at now, I can't get out of his presence. Anytime I'm away from it, just living, watching TV, hanging out. We went to the beach yesterday, and I'm at the beach, and I just literally couldn't get my mind off of God. This is where God wants his people. When you're working in your job, you're just thinking about them. You're thinking about the people that are around you saying, God, they need to know you. How can I do it? Give me wisdom. God, I've been blessed. Man, you've blessed me, God. How can I be a blessing? How can I sow? How can I help the church? How can I help the region I'm in? God, I'm part of a church. How can I serve? How can I be involved? How can I just be casual but committed to serving you, to giving you everything? He's constantly in your heart. He's constantly in your mind. It's it's a constant there. It never goes away because I know the type of living where it's two hours on Sunday and then the rest of the week I go to normal Jacob life. I just do my own thing. Even recently, I've noticed that on Sundays when I preach all day and on Wednesday nights when I, and on Wednesday when I'm studying and praying and getting ready for Wednesday nights, that Monday morning and Thursday morning has kind of become like a casual time because I'm tired physically. And I even stop reading my Bible and I kind of stay away from the Lord in the morning on Mondays and Thursdays. And just a couple weeks ago, the Lord corrected me and said, hey, Mondays and Thursdays, I still want you. <laughs> just showing some vulnerability, being real with you. So even ministers, preachers, people that are completely just doing ministry in that aspect, we can get off track too. He wants you every day, every day. And we say, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But but what would happen if the whole body together, every single one of us in here started right now today, what would change in a week? We're believing for property. We're believing for a Bible school, for a private school, for a worship college. We're not just saying these things because every church says it, and we hope it happens, and then 30 years we look down like, well, I guess it wasn't God's plan. I'm not going to do that. We're going to pursue after what God's called us to do, and that is his vision, to build his kingdom. You're part of a church that has a vision that is alive. But it's going to take you, me, the body to do the work. You're not just working a natural job to get paid every Friday. So you can pay your bills. To get a little bit of savings. It's more than that. It's so much more than that. The motive of my labor is to bring glory to God. Write that down. Today... The mode of my labor is to bring glory to God in everything. Everything. I want to bring glory to Him. I want to bring glory to Him. I don't care what it costs me, I don't care what it's going to take. And this is where the church has to get to. And I know not every single person, even as I'm preaching this, will hear it. But my prayer is that you would. My prayer is that you would. I pray that the even right now that the spirit of God that's in you is just, man, it's turning. It's like whew, you're just like, I gotta do more. I gotta I have to do more. As I was praying Friday night, yes, as I was praying Friday night, and I was standing right there. And I felt in my spirit the Lord say this that. I want to get the glory from everything that my people do. And as I was feeling that in my spirit, I just repented in my heart and said, God, there's nothing. If there's anything that I've done that hasn't bring glory to you, I'm sorry. You know, you know you know, do you understand that you can know God like you know your spouse, like you know a friend? You can know him. You can literally know him. And he'll be in relationship with you and communicate with you and show you his heart. He does this through his spirit. He does it through the Holy Spirit. He does this through his word. And as I was standing there and just loving on God, because that's what I was doing. I was loving on him. I was telling God, I'm going to show you the glory and everything. Or I'm going to give you the glory in everything. In my life, in the raising of my son, in the loving of my uh, wife and how I live every morning, every afternoon, every night, what I watch, how I speak. Come on, it's in everything. It's in my actions. I'm not gonna degrade anybody. I'm not even gonna think wrongly of people, and as soon as I do, I'm gonna correct myself. Because I don't want anyone to feel those things. I want people to feel the love of God. Remember Matthew 9 The reason of the labor is what? Compassion. 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 And one of the things that I felt in my heart as I was standing over here and praying and hearing him speak to me was that there are idols in people's lives that are stopping them from him getting the glory. Idols are getting the glory and not him. But he said if you would turn the idols over, If you would lay them at the feet of Jesus, his glory would be made manifest in his church and his people again. See, this is a day of letting go of idols. And there's an anointing in this house today to surrender everything, to surrender your rights, as Paul would say. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.